There we go. So first first pod in the glorious new era. Not that he wasn't technically already king, but well, he hadn't been crowned, so I didn't I didn't recognise him, but now I recognise his superiority to me, um just as a man. I don't know. To be fair, I recognise everybody's superiority. Yeah, to, right to me as a man, but um, as you know, he has. You know, it's not for us to judge or question, but God put him in that position, so we should just have faith that he knows what he's doing. I mean, nothing I've seen to this point makes me question anything that God has done. So, I don't know. I feel like it does demonstrate God's very fucked up sense of humour. Uh, like, if God like came down and said to one of us, "Congrats, lads! It's your turn to be king." Like I'd shit myself. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, but like that's that's a reaction that you have to quite a lot of things. <laughs> yes, okay, but probably you'd shit yourself too, and that's less common. I think he probably didn't appear to uh, king and and just announce that. I think you know he knew it was on the cards, didn't he? Do you suppose he was like sitting there as he like popped out in his birth? Well, and, like, I feel like well, no, because it, it's but it's it, that that's just like line of royal succession, right? There's no that that's your your bloodline is inherently uh, kingly. That's not yeah. a case of like you know when somebody who otherwise would not be considered uh, royal like gets some kind of you know godly ascent. Like yeah, so at some point, the early king is uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, but like, because when they elect a new pope, there's this special room that the pope goes into, and only the pope is allowed into ever. Um, which is where I assume that God does like the onboarding 101 with him, like <laughs> his induction training. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, watch a health and safety video. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to uh, welcome to the office of pope. Um, yeah. First yeah. couple of months, we appreciate you'll be finding your feet, so don't you know, don't don't worry about it too much. There's yeah. not going to be you know. You're not going to be measured on any targets in the first couple of months. Let you kind of settle in. Yeah. Um, fire exits are sort of to the east and west of. Um, I've forgotten the name of the big square in the Vatican. St Peter's Plaza or something like that. I think. Yeah, probably something like that. It sounds plausible, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, tell him where his peg is. Um, Pope yeah. probably have some questions like, um, if I shorten my lunch break to thirty minutes, am I allowed to knock off at four thirty instead of five? Um, yeah. God says, is you know, it's fine, but I feel like I feel like if you're on a regular basis, I feel like being Pope, you're on call twenty four seven. Well, that's yeah. the problem, isn't it? Yeah, God, God's going to need somebody to be covering the phones until five every day, um, as long as you know, Pope can sort it out with head cardinal or you know whatever it is. Then you know, God isn't too fussy; he's not going to micromanage. But yeah. as long as as long as there's coverage, he's he's fine. I mean, I God, think that's God, reasonable. God. A bit of a tendency to micromanage on occasion, like you know, telling Cain very much like drag his son, no, able to drag his son up to the top of a hill and then cut his throat is. Yeah, but that was just a, like team building exercise. But it's quite directive, goal orientated leadership, and um, I'm not sure that's the style that God wants us to think that He has. And, mm, no, uh, granted, but that is um, Old Testament God before mm. he in New Testament he'd been on a course and he got in a middle manager in Jesus, didn't he? So yeah, God no, was able true. to sort of take more of a hands-off strategic approach. It's good to see he's gone through some personal development. You know, yeah, and, and he lets work. Jesus sort of, you know, cover the day-to-day running. He was bigger mm. picture stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. granted, the thing is, he, he sort of appointed Jesus into the role, um, you know, big big fanfare, made a lot of fuss about this new guy he was bringing in. Um I mean, it is you know, very much like the monarchy. It is nepotism because he was you know, he was the boss's son, so that will have put a few people's noses out of joint. But mm. said, you know, but then I mean, he didn't really do anything for what like thirty years or something, did he? He just sort of yeah, he had a long trial period, which you get with the yeah. So I guess that was his probation, and then it was now the actual. And this is a genuine question instead of just being flippant. Um, what sort of time period was Jesus active? I think it was only like a couple of years. Yeah, and, that does. That's, like, that's what I would have thought. high there. It could, I could be persuaded it's less. No, I think I think you're right. I think it was a few years in like. Yeah. I guess it would have been his twenties, late twenties. Yeah. yeah, there was. There's a bit where he um, was a little bit of a precocious cunt around about the age of ten or eleven, and he like called a, a guy in a temple a twat or something. 
I don't know the exact now. details, but it was something like that. He, he sort of popped up in a temple, said, you know, mm. God isn't in this temple, it's just, you know, cunts. Um, and then he then he you know, fell off the radar again. I assume lots of courses. There's going to be pretty intensive training yeah, yeah, yeah. being the Messiah. Uh, then he pops up again, gets a load of followers. So he brought his in his own management team, which, you know, is fair enough. Um, he did his... get one of the hires badly wrong, though. Like, but, you know, one in 12 is pretty good. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Honestly, like, oh, that's better than average. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so, yeah. And you, know. again, like, you hear about three of them. So it's like one horrible bad culture fit, three high performers, which is good. Like, yep. And then, you know, eight or so guys. Fishermen, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they, you know, they weren't, Qualified for the role, were they really? They just he brought in his mates. Um, just I mean, who of us are? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess you know when you're running dad, daddy's company, you basically do what you like. You just you're out fishing. You meet a guy. Yeah. And you think ah, you'd be you'd be good. Uh, you'd be good for my management team. I'll bring him in. Yeah, yeah. So I can get. I can kind of see why people didn't get on board with it to start with. Um, so then you know he he did his miracles and stuff, which was good. Yeah. Got everybody on side. People thought, yeah, no, this guy. He's he's not bad. I'll uh, I'll you know, we'll, we'll get behind him. Did some miracles. Then um, fucked off into the desert for forty days. Called it a sabbatical. Um, took the devil with him. You know, who's the competition really? Mm. I don't think he took him. I think competition just turned up. I guess he, he one day the competition was trying to lure him away, wasn't he? He was being headhunted. Yeah, he was getting poached. Like he, I, yeah, he, um, he put it together in the last couple of years, didn't he? Yeah, you know, close start, close starter, but. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, then he came back, but he knew he was sort of on his way out. He had his succession plan. Um, mm. Took the team out for one final, you know, final meal. Um, Say, so, right, guys, it's going to be over to you now. And then, you know, the bad apple, the cunt in the haystack, uh, fucked him up. Mm. Um, and you know, the rest is history. He got crucified. Um, handed it. Yeah, essentially, that's handing it over, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. But then three days later, saw what a fucking mess they made of it, came back. Long well, guy. Holiday weekend, wasn't it? Like, you know. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, just had a long, long weekend off. One guy, um, Jesus needed a reference. He was like, no, nah, I never heard of him, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so he had to come back. He's like, right, I'll come back. I'll do it myself. My dad's pissed off. He's calling me up. I'm going to take all of the sin that's messing up the company. I'm taking it with me. Uh, you guys just do what you can. And then 2000 years later, I'm going to come back and, uh, shit better be running smoothly, which is good management. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not really been much of a follow up though, has there? No. I mean, I guess they've sort of unusually for a company, they've sort of laid out their exit strategy from, um, the world of business said, right, this is how the company is going to close down. Um, load of shit about horsemen and rivers drying up and you know, broadly some fairly insane sounding. It's, it's not particularly pro environment, is it? No. It's not ideal, is it? But then but then he's saying, you know, the, the competition are going to take over. They're just sort of I guess they're just being giving very honest forecasts. It's like we we've probably got a couple of thousand years of this going well. Then the yeah. competition's going to really step up the game. It's all going to be shit. We're just going to you know, bring it bring in all the good people uh, to take everything offshore to heaven is all intents and purposes a tax haven. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's well beyond the reach of HMRC. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, nobody who works for HMRC is ever going to get in. No. They? So, no. I mean, I guess it's sort of, um, it's like a gentleman's club in the, you know, the, all the retirees go, isn't it? Yeah. They just go and they play golf and, uh, Talk about the good old days, I suppose. So that's uh, that's religion um, summed up. Yeah, it's the lesson that we need to give middle managers more time to like truly understand the business and um, you know well, develop. Thousand years. No, well, more... I mean, he had he had thirty years, but yeah, granted, yeah. for a lot of that, he was a child. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah which oh. uh, which most people I've worked for don't have the excuse of. Yeah, they probably weren't appointed as babies. Either. No. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's a good way of doing it. Maybe you appoint your successor before yeah. they're born. Well, actually, no one's, no one's going to do that because, like, companies now they don't even want to like 
train people who are grown-ups to be yeah. capable of doing the job. They're absolutely not going to bring somebody on who you know can't really do anything for 15 years um, mm. and train them up. That's that's a massive massive waste of money. What they'll do is they'll they'll find somebody in their 20s who's willing to work for the same amount of money as a newborn would, mm. um, doing the same role. Um, and just not provide them with any support. Now, probably this is where we're going to have to call a line, draw this to a conclusion, because I'm going to say something that's going to probably kill the conversation. But <laughs> to my understanding, that is essentially what the Prophet Muhammad was. <laughs> I yes. I myself from all previous comments. And yes, and I think that is the time that we, we cease that before yes, I we think become that's... grossly offensive. Also, it doesn't matter is... how temporarily spaced absolutely wouldn't have his uh, photo taken for his ID, would he? <laughs> Jesus. I think that's probably as far as we can push that. Yes. Um, did you watch any of the uh, the Cory? Uh, I watched a bit where he's got his hat on my phone while the kids are swimming and thought this is boring. I didn't watch any of it. I had no interest in seeing or hearing any of what was going on. Um, like it just didn't bother me. The only the only thing that I saw subsequently that I thought was extremely funny was the conspiracy theory that Meghan Markle was there in a disguise. Right. <laughs> so there was this photo of this person who, I mean, I have to assume it was a disguise because it looked extremely disguisey. Um, you like mean the very. Reader. No, I mean the very elaborate facial hair, big glasses. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, some people convinced themselves that it was Meghan Markle who had donned this disguise to sneak into the coronation. Um, and I just enjoy the logic of like, there's this, there's this really big party and mm. you're not invited. And mm. it's going to be rammed full of people who really hate you. Mm. And it's going to be televised like incredibly widely to the point that you literally won't miss anything by not being there. Mm, yeah. um, but you could just like dress up in an elaborate disguise and sneak in for no reason and just make sure you get yourself photographed while you're there. Good to balance, though, isn't it? You just, you literally just outlined the reason that I think she should have done it because it would be, as Graham says, top bands. I mean, don't get me wrong. It would be it would be hilarious, but also like, I just why would you do that? Like, you already got better things to do on a bank holiday weekend. Well, well also, she would have had yeah, she'd have had to fly to That's England as well, which is a ball like well, itself. Or so, on the one hand, you're right, not a bank holiday in the US. On the other hand, however, she's not actually working, so it's not like she yeah. has to go in on go in on a Monday anyway. Um, she has some bullshit job where she's like some consultant to a consultancy or some petrol station i think Uh, sorry gas station yes but i'm sure she could get them on well i mean if she works in the gas station she's definitely not getting the monday off because american labor laws but if she's doing consulting to a consulting to a consulting then obviously she just take time off that's not a real job do it remotely can't you well exactly maybe Uh, maybe during the coronation she was um on the phone doing some consulting work I mean, you would, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. Let me send you the exciting. Uh, I'd like to see a picture of this uh, of this disguised person. Jesus, it is her. Definitely, yeah, hundred percent. That's her in the worst disguise I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> that that's her. The other one that I saw was um, the Grim Reaper sort of scurried. Oh yeah, the yeah. So shot at one point that could yeah. be her as well. Maybe it's both. Yeah. I feel like that one would be a bit on the nose. Like I was thinking about it, and like obviously the ideal scenario is that Charles carks it relatively quickly so that we get another funeral bank holiday, um, yeah, and then another then we, coronation bank holiday. Then we end up with fucking asshole William as as king. It's true. But also, that is probably then the end of the realistic bank holidays because you're not going to get one for abdication, right? It's only going to be for death that you get a bank holiday. Um, so short of assassination or like congenital medical condition that tragically takes him before his time. Heads to his heart and his brain. Um, you bald yourself to death? That seems like something he'd do. Possibly. Um, I don't think we're going to be getting rid of him. And as we've established previously, even if we did, we'd then end up with uh, Prince George 
and obviously uh, we'd need then Prince Andrew as regent. Well, I, I, so I will just say I, I hate the term regent when the term vizier is well, right I mean, there. obviously, yes. Um, you know, he'd have to grow a moustache. And... I don't think Andrew could pull off the moustache or literally any other part of the role. Like, Jafar had style. Prince Andrew has victims. Hmm. There's no, there's no other candidate, really, is there? Think about who else. Who else could there be that would that would fill that position? Well, Eddie Harry. could come in, couldn't he? Well, that's true. But yeah, I, I don't think I, don't think, he would. I think I think he probably doesn't really want anything to do with the royal family. <laughs> I get the impression he's just. Oh, I imagine he has a reminder in his phone that goes off every couple of weeks, reminding them that he's in the royal family. Yeah, and quite senior. Yes. Just like, oh yeah, I'm a prince. Mm. Yeah, it's not like he's like 47th in line to the. Actually, I have no idea where he is in line to the throne. Uh, he's probably like he's probably in the top ten. I'd have thought. Maybe what would it be? It'll 15. be William, then his horrible lot of children. Yeah, obviously Harry's um, out of the picture. So we we'll get that. I think then it goes down. Is, it, is that is he officially, or is it just that? Uh, I, I I think I think officially he's out of the line of succession. Right, okay. I could be wrong, or he's chosen not to. Um, and then I think it would go. So then it would be Andrew, then Andrew, and then his who's... kids. Uh, so that would oh. be uh, Eugenie and the How other would it one. Go to his kids before it went to another brother, though. Uh, it's not a direct in line. I would have thought it would go. Oh, to I the don't know actually. First. Yeah, I don't know if it goes down the down the chain again, or whether it goes to then Edward and then. Well, no, because I think Princess Anne's like twelfth in line to the throne or something. So sixteenth. So it's, there's enough between her and. So I think it does go down to. To Andrew's kids, and then Edward's kids, and then Princess Anne. Hmm. Is Andrew still technically on the list? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not been removed. Um, being a sweaty nonce is absolutely fine, as long as you don't go to America um, and and marry, marry someone. Yeah, marry somebody that the family doesn't like. Um, yes, a person of colour. And then you're, you're, then you're out, obviously. You can't. Can't continue to be part of the line of succession. Um, Andrew is eighth in line. Fuck, that's not a lot of dead people. If you just commit a lot of sex crimes, you're fine. And then Prince Edward is. I think we've all learned about So it must. No, so it can't take into account the children because then it would have to surely take into grandchildren as well. But then who Um, else in between? I guess it must do. It must be because he's only got two children, hasn't he? Beatrice and Eugenie. So he says so he was. Did he say he was eighth. Uh, yes. So eighth. yeah, Beatrice so Eugenie. Got, oh, hang on a second. Well, this is out, out of date because this is from September twenty twenty one. But it was was uh, Prince Charles, Prince of Wales, now King of Wales. Uh, next is Prince William, then Prince George, then Princess Charlotte, then Prince Louis. Then it would have been Prince Harry. So again, it's quite out of. Uh, out of date now, and then it would have been Prince Archie. So presumably he's now out of the running as well. Mm, it seems so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then it's Prince Andrew. For him. Yeah, then it's Beatrice, then Eugenie, then Prince Edward. Yeah. Well. So I think uh, we've all learned something important today. So that puts Andrew at fifth, then. Yeah. Jeez. That's a uh, horrifying thought, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I mean, let's be honest, he definitely wouldn't be above killing some children. No. Mm, I don't think he'd be killing the children. <laughs> well, maybe not initially. No, maybe well, afterwards. Yeah. Um, like, you know, there's... Wit- there's witnesses, I suppose, well, would think of them, wouldn't they? Um, and then that would very quickly get him to next in line. Yeah. So what well, do you I think he would do as king? I mean, is he substantially? He's a fair bit younger than Charles, isn't he? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. I think he's in sixties, right? So that, that would Charles, be like 80, 70, 73, 74? right? I think mid seventies. So he'd have a few years for even if even if Charles like reigned long, like his mum. Yeah, still be a few Charles years. About 10 of, years at the outside, I reckon. A few I mean, years his of fingers, 
Oh, his fingers, the fingers are fingers terrifying. Of a no, no, I saw them at the. I saw the photos of the like the weird like um, velvet ring penis thing. Him um, yeah, fingering the, the fake ring finger. Yeah, um, and yeah, he he kind of he had his hand was in the shot, and like one of the fingers was like almost the size of my fist, like it was ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, length, you know, width of an arm, easily. Yeah, so I think yeah, I think he's 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 not long for this world. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, he'll change some laws so that Camilla would inherit the throne. Maybe that's her yeah, very long game. Pretty funny. And two questions: she, who controls the rules of succession for the royal family? Um, no, I think it's like everything to do with the British Constitution. Like they just everyone, make up as they go along, don't they? Well, because they obviously they made the, the, the substantial change a few years ago to like allow women. Mm. Um, which they hadn't had previously, but which they only did because they were worried that Prince William might have had a daughter, but then he didn't. So actually, it didn't matter anyway. They could have just left yes. alone. Yeah, um, they thought the optics of this wouldn't be good. Let's uh, yeah, yeah. Let's if he had a daughter first, yeah. and then she wasn't and eligible. Not worried. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how they change it. Whether it is like. Just whoever the king can just go like, yeah, we're changing it now, or whether there's something actually like written down somewhere they've got to amend. Yeah, I mean, I probably don't care. I guess no. I mean, it'll be relevant when when these things change again. It'll be interesting to see how support for the monarchy now drops off. Yeah, um, well, it's interesting because there's there's support for the monarchy, and then mm. there's position to the monarchy and there yeah there's a huge chunk of indifference in the middle um like even even amongst like the the least positive which is like you know 18 to 25 or whatever where there's like 30 percent support for the monarchy it's still not overwhelming like opposition to the monarchy it's just not really giving a shit yeah i mean i just Um, yeah i think i don't support them i don't generally opposed and I just sort of don't care. I just see Well, I mean, the, the, yeah. The, it's national, like, state-owned Kardashians, isn't it, really? I mean, kind of. nationalised celebrity the, family. Because the, the question with it always is, like, well, what do you replace it with? Yeah, well, just and it's nothing, like it would be fine. Well, yeah, but you can't replace it with nothing, really, because then the Prime Minister becomes head of state, and that becomes wonky because they're just appointed by the party. Hmm. Like and the prime minister, because you don't you don't you don't elect a prime minister. Like you elect a president, you elect the party, and they nominate a prime minister. And can you imagine if like like what happened in the last few years? And then you went from like having Boris Johnson as head of state to Liz Truss to Rishi Sunak, just yeah. on the whim of a few people. It's very messy. Um, he has some consistency. Yeah, so you want you want you know consistency. So if you're going to do it, you most that's why most countries have a president, even if it's like uh, the Irish president, where it's like basically an entirely symbolic role, where you just you, you your existence is to go around greeting foreign dignitaries and going on jollies to other countries. Yeah, um, yeah. So you get that quite often, like these weird countries where they have a president and a prime minister. I've never really understood. I mean, it'd be something I could find out very easily. I just don't care enough to look it up, but. Um, well, somebody was right about it. So the, the general idea, right, is that what you, you don't really want your head of government getting a massive ego because they're traveling around the world all the time being greeted as the representative of their country, like essentially the embodiment of their country. Um, and you, you start to kind of get into that rather icky place that you get with like authoritarian leaders where like they kind of start to embody that in government as well. You kind of want that separation of like, here's your head of state who gets to go off and be treated like, you know, royalty, quote unquote, um, and like, you know, go to all the fancy dinners and generally get to do and say whatever they want and they never have to worry about like what the voters are going to think. And then you have your head of government who has to deal with all that shit and doesn't yeah. well, get about their this station. Is, this is why we have the national treasure system in this country, isn't it? So yeah. yes. David Attenborough, nobody would mind if he was the president. 
As long as he's in yeah, the interview, he's actually running of anything. Well, although, you know, I wouldn't mind No that. national treasure would be so gauche as to actually run for president of Britain. Oh, well, yeah, no, they'd, they'd be appointed, you wouldn't, yeah. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't have an elected system. That's the whole point, right? Oh, elected right. system's shit. It has all these horrible incentive systems. And it's the problem with, like, reforming the House of Lords to make it elected is you, you bring in all the horrible incentives to get re-elected, which is terrible. So you just have someone appointed. Mm. Yeah, you have a you have a committee, an independent committee that elects a national treasurer to be president for five years or whatever. Um, you see, I think they should do it like they did it with um, the Twitter account of Finland. Well, just have like a different member of the public. Yeah, just you know, you get to be president for a week. I like jury service. Yeah, I feel like president yeah, but I feel like a week is too short for something like that. Because you're not like well, because it's for a symbolic role, right? You're not going to do anything in that time. It needs to be slightly longer than that. I That's the problem. It's probably about right. Yeah, like shopping centres that need opening and diplomats that need diplomating and state. Yeah, it's too much upheaval to expect somebody to do it for a week, though. Give it, give them three to six months and cover that. Just, just for a week. Oh, you've now got to go to like the opening of a tennis court in in like Burke on Tweed and then you've got to like you know oh then then you've got to greet the high commissioner of Barbados and then you've yeah. got to fly to Spain for this yeah, sorry, you've got a, and then you've got you're back to work on Monday yeah but it would be quite entertaining that like you'd see who you'd end up with in a constitutional crisis so like you might have you know some highly experienced manager from like some important company or you might have that guy Kino from Britport. Who's 79, doesn't really care anymore. Um, and yeah, I think it'd be great. Yeah, well, I think that's why national treasures are probably the better way to yeah, go. Yeah, I think you want you want like an appointment committee and like some stability, but you, you don't want like an electoral system because nobody wants more elections. No. No, that's true. Yeah, even if you didn't go national treasures, you could just go good eggs. That would be fine yeah. as well. I think a good egg would be more than more than. Because all they've got to do, all they've really got, because they, they haven't got to make any decisions, right? All they've got to do is represent you on the world stage. Mm. So they don't need, necessarily need to be particularly knowledgeable about anything specific. They just need to generally be a good egg, mm. the kind mm. of person you'd want to be embodying your country when you they go abroad. The good thing about um, using either good eggs or national treasures is they'll all bring sort of something different to the role. Mm. Uh, like if you had, like Robbie Williams could be, um, and if he's you know on a state visit to Latvia, he could do a concert while he's there or something. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? See, again, this is why I think the short-term things would be would be fun because, like, you might get Robbie Williams on a state visit to Latvia doing the national anthem, um, or you might get like Gary Lineker going to. I don't know, where's a country that Gary Lineker won a football game against? Um, uh, it, I don't know. I Gary Lineker's it. going to Italy, site of yeah. Gary Lineker's famous victory over the Italian national team. I know so much football. Uh, um, and he gets booed relentlessly, and I think that'd be really fun. Hmm. Yeah, but you the problem is people don't really boo Gary Lineker. I mean, except the, the Conservative Party, but like generally speaking... Yeah, right, right-wing assholes do. Yeah, but everyone, everyone kind of likes Gary Lineker. That's why it all went so catastrophically wrong when they tried to mm. bury right, I think him. The, I think the the dickheads hate him so much that that's why he's probably ruled out from being national treasurer. Yeah, so he wouldn't, wouldn't get to be a very good egg. Mike, so. Can I just very can we take a on the subject of national anthems? Can we just take a very brief detour to um, this weekend's Miami Grand Prix and whatever the hell was going on with their whole like bizarre. Like driver presentation slash national anthem reveal yes. because I'm see, assuming you um, didn't see it, Dan. What? No. Right. So yeah. what they did was because the the race is in the car park of the Miami Dolphin Stadium. Yeah. Um, they obviously have to make it very massive and American and awful, which they yeah. did a few years ago in Austin. They, um, who, you know, the uh, let's get ready to rumble. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Now. But they got him to announce all the drivers and they sort of had to come out and do a little awkward wave and think, I'm too European for this. Um, yeah. And it was, I think, one of the best things I've ever seen. I loved it. Um, so what they did was, the, yeah, so they, they decided, let's do that again, but more so. Um, so they got Will I Am to apparently compose uh, a sort of piece, piece of 
not classical music, but not yeah, know, orchestral Will I Am songs such as Let's Get Retarded. It wasn't quite that. It was. It was. It was. Um, it was, it was it, it, there was like a full orchestra like, yeah. playing it. So apparently, him and Lil Wayne had written this piece of music. Um, Again, you know, in principle, I'm well up for like orchestras playing things that orchestras shouldn't. No, no, this was this no, was, was the like, sort of thing orchestras should play, wasn't they? they weren't music, playing yeah. like the raps. This was okay. this was proper music. If they'd been playing um, tonight's going to be a good night, that would have been amazing. Yes, yes, that's what I, I would have enjoyed that worked. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't. They were just playing this sort of piece of nondescript um, music, fairly bland elevator music. Yeah. So then they um, introduced the drivers one by one, and they well, got the, the person the, so, that they got to do this was presumably because Will Smith had ruled himself out by slapping that geezer last year. Uh, so they just got LL Cool J to do it. Oh yeah. Uh, you know somebody who. When was he relevant? I guess didn't he win an oh, Oscar? No, he's a, he's a famous no, I think he was Cuba Gooding Jr. No, he he was he was in um, he he became famous in Deep Blue Sea. Yes, I was going to say uh, he was in something where chef. there was an intelligent shark. Yeah, yeah, but no, he, he, he does a crime procedural now. I can't remember which one. All does he? That sounds amazing. I'm watching that. And no, let's just like remember he, that he has become an actor, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. But we we need, do need to remember that uh, it stands for Ladies Love Cool J. Yeah. I, think that's, that's, I think that's important, yeah. So, but also, I, I mean, don't know if, I, what I, I want you to do with that information. I just would prefer it to be kept in your mind. I also have no, like, no prior association in my mind between him and any kind of motorsport, let alone F one. No, I mean, Will I am sort of broadly makes sense in that he turns up to every race and talks to Martin Brundle, and nobody's understood why. But it's been happening for so many years now that we don't question it anymore. Yeah. Um, so then each driver runs out. He gave them all like a little introduction. So first out came Logan Sargent because he's American and they thought, well, maybe he'll set a good example for the other drivers. And he came out and said, hello, let's keep this energy going. I love it here. And as you'd expect, it was fine. In that um, and most people, it was good because it reminded most F1 fans that he exists because yeah. nothing, none of his driving would have done that. Um, <laughs> So they, he came out first, and then um, they sort of introduced, uh, like they said, um, here he is, he's a Viking, it's Kevin Magnuson, um, that sort of thing. Like they, they call him the Hulk because that's what his name starts with, it's Hulkenberg. Um, Yuki Sonoda came out and they said he's very little. Uh, it's Yuki Sonoda, which I thought was great. I think they said something like he may be small in stature, something like that. Um the others, I, I forget what he said for anybody. They just came out and uh, sort of awkwardly waved and thought, I'd rather be in my car now. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis Hamilton came out, as you'd expect, came up, thanked the fans for being there, gave you, uh, LL Cool J a big hug um, and went woo, which is fair enough. That's what I would have expected. Yeah. Uh, then Max Verstappen came out and he said, you're going to win the race? I'm like, yes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, but they they had this ceremony, and it took about twenty minutes to get them all through. Yes, like it was. I, I was in physical pain just watching yeah. the drivers. Like almost all of them clearly didn't want to be there and were yeah. like contractually obliged to and make this this appearance. Then, so then, what? What? My job either. But would you like it if? Um, yeah, okay, so if LL Cool J announced you into the office every morning, you'd start to get a bit annoyed by it, I guess. Yes. It's not so much announcing you in, it's that you'd have to stand there for 20 minutes while he announced everybody in your department. That's the problem, I think. Yeah. yeah. And- Particularly, because I presume they had to also like sit there and clap as the others came out, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they were sort of just milling well, around of, behind the... Because then they, yeah. have, cause they have to be present for the um, anthem, so they sort of had to just go and oh. stand there. They were yeah, sort of loitering yeah. awkwardly behind the orchestra, just kind of. Yeah. So I think you know, once everybody had finished cringing themselves inside out, then they um, somebody sang the national anthem a cappella, even though there was a massive orchestra stood next to. Her. But the, the best thing was there was no. That's mic what they have the to crowd. do for the American. Like the American national anthem has to be done like that. Like it's, I think it's a legal requirement. Like a constitutional Anyone, thing. They just have to stand there and like. There's never any kind of like. Maybe there's a little. It's always like somebody just wobbling it, unaccompanied or for just, like. Someone just belting it out, sort of a rough approximation of the tune. 
but not to the point you'd really know, and then sort of yeah. the X Factor warbling at the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah, very much. Like yeah. the, the 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 like the the home of the brave has to go on for like a good minute. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Otherwise, there's not enough freedom. No. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Um. And it was it was just very shit. Uh, yeah. All the drivers wasted half an hour. hour, and they said. I would rather have just got in the car. I, it was it yeah. very disruptive to all the pre-race procedures that they have to do. They're meant to be talking to their engineer, talking about strategy and stuff, and it's shit. Well, they and sent a letter the day before. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they had times for all the drivers to be there. Yeah, because you know, they have to communicate this stuff, and all their, all their communications have to be made public. So there's this press release went out. Mm. Um, and as soon as I saw that, I thought, this is going to be amazing. And I think Las Vegas is now going to try and one-up this, and I'm really oh, looking yeah. forward to that, except I'm not staying up because it's going to be on at like two in the morning. Yeah. Why? I don't see, I don't get it. There was this, for, for a long time, there was this big push to like move all of the races into more sensible times mm. for like European audiences, basically. But now they just seem to have gone like, fuck it, we'll have the race on at two in the morning again. Well, yeah, because they then discovered streetlights um, and decided, well, we can do this in the middle of the night if we want to. Mm. And people said, well, uh, you know, early evening in Las Vegas is going to be middle of the night in Europe where the audience is. And they said, yeah, fuck it. And now Miami have said, oh, we'd like to do that as well. So, Which is why the race, I mean, even this year, the race started like nine o'clock. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mind that. I quite like the North American one sort of starting in the evening because you can get the kids to bed, have a gin and tonic mm. while you watch it. I quite like that. But yeah, they, they've decided they want Miami to be a night race as well now. Yeah, night races look cool. Like they're they not do look cool. They do look cool. But it's good but when like, they're in the east, and so it's daytime here, and it yeah. looks cool. But is a, a sensible time. Like if um, if Japan was at night instead of at five in the morning, that I'd, I'd be cool with that. That would be that would be decent. Yeah. Um, but you know they have to like take into account audiences elsewhere in the world mm. but most people who watch it are in europe and most people yeah. who are in europe watch this sort of american shit and think i hate this so much which is why i loved it i thought it was incredible well, just because yeah it was I knew how awful it would be and it didn't let me down no what it would have been worse what would have been worse would be if the drivers had all had like media training beforehand and they went out and like did a proper whoop and cheer like a nascar driver would oh yeah and none of them did they all behaved exactly as you'd expect because to be fair to them, none of these drivers really want to be famous. They don't no. want to be in the public eye and in the spotlight. I don't think you go into it because you want that. You go into it because you fucking love driving fast. Yeah, and you, you get the odd one or two who, who revel in it. Like Lewis Hamilton, fair play, he, he does really well with it. Um, but all of the others are just sort of awkwardly waving and thinking, I'd, I'd rather just not have to seen really ideally. yeah i mean a lot of them just like they you can see that they even hate doing like the post-race interviews with oh, yeah. the the tv networks and stuff let alone some kind of ridiculously over the top like entry ceremony mm. and the only way they could have made it worse is if they'd done like a different piece of, they'd like gone full wwe and had like different music for each driver mm. so my hopes for las vegas are that they'll sort of a couple of drivers will be put on a roulette wheel and just spun really fast. Mm. Um, three three drivers will be put into like a giant fruit machine and spun round and round, and it will come up with the three drivers. Then other drivers will come tumbling out of the coin shoot. <laughs> um, I want to see somebody. I want to see somebody launching an F one car through one of the fountains. Yes, that would be tremendous. Oh, I assume there's going to be a jump somewhere in the in the track, and yeah, why wouldn't it go through one of the fountains? That would make sense. But the fountain should be on and off so that you have to try and time it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, yeah. I would also like to see them all wearing um, full tuxedos over their their Yes, that would be 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 wonderful, yeah. That would make it all worthwhile if they had to wear a tux. That would maybe make sense for Monaco. I think for Las Vegas, Mm, they might be better off just in sort of cargo shorts, um, New Balance trainers and socks. yeah, perhaps somebody could be taken out into the desert and shot and buried in a shallow grave. That you know, real kind of Las Vegas exactly. culture. Whoever's on pole position has to wear an Elvis costume. Yes, and Elvis they have to. They, yes. Um. The, the like the the helmets all painted to look like the wigs. 
Yes, yes, brilliant. And then the top two drivers will be driven to a chapel where they'll have to get married. Um, I mean, Sergio Perez will fuck a stripper, but he was going to do that anyway. Uh, so I don't think that's too much of an ask. Um, yeah. yeah. But if you're going to do it, go all out. He's got his work cut out though. And I think, uh, I think it, it will probably be absolutely glorious in terms of spectacle and then be a very dull race because essentially it's going to be running around in a car park again. I mean, you yeah. know, the, the Miami race wasn't, wasn't bad. It was just a bit meh, which is yeah. fine because that's what 50% of Formula One races are. And, and that's fine. You get used to that. But with all the hype and sort of stuff they build up and having all the, you know, a fake marina with a, a basic, a sticker and a load of boats just sort of sat on top of it. Mm. Just don't bother. I mean, just if they wanted a properly you know, Florida, um, feel to the race just have them run around in a fucking swamp like yeah put, well, put a they, alligators everywhere put a massive fan on the back and make them go through the everglades or something you know yeah. something that really reflects florida culture not just um you know, the, the nonsense oh, i had a good idea and it's gone from my brain um were you a jew one i suppose I don't think I was. Um, well, we're not moving uh, on to leave. Uh, it's probably to do with wild animals, but I don't see how that would be fair to the animals. They probably wouldn't enjoy being hit by a car. I think that's. Uh, I think that's enough. I enjoyed that idea just as, as it was. Yeah. I thought, yeah, <laughs> something to do with need, wild animals. Need flesh Good idea. Animals. I like that. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I apologise for a massive tangent, but I just I found it very entertaining. Did you see the? Um, it was actual you see hashtag content for change. From the, what? The, the, the hospitality menu from the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, no, I have not. Oh, somebody somebody posted it from one of the, uh, the hospitality things and with the prices on it. Okay. Um, uh, would you like to do a game of higher or lower with? Uh, yeah. So bear right. in mind these were these were for four people, mm-hmm. um, like it was a service for kind of thing. Um, let me see if I. And this can... is like the the official like paddock club hospitality, is it? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Let me see if I can find the bollocks. Mm. That would be a pen that dropped out of my mouth. Let me see if I can find. Okay, so I've got it here. So yeah, this is uh, pricing of hospitality food at the Miami Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go with uh, the 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 chilled chilled food serves four people, um, and I will. I'll let you. I'll let you just go for like. We'll, we'll try and kind of. There's a there's a wide variety of pricing, um, but we'll we'll see kind of where you you fall in, in guessing this. Okay, so before we move on, uh, just a couple of format points. Is it going to be control of the board, uh, sort of prices right style, higher and lower, or are we going closest to the pin gets a point? Uh, let's do closest. I think that probably we'll we'll we'll, we'll go with closest because I think that's probably easiest. Higher lower. Okay. Take a while uh, and how many how many rounds do we have? Um, so what we'll do is uh, we will do three uh, with a possible bonus round uh, if necessary, um, and we'll go through through three of the the available dishes. Um, I will describe it to you. I'll give you the the name and the description, um, and you can tell me how much you think it would be. This is obviously for four people in US dollars. Right. Okay. Okay. So uh, the first item on our list is a watermelon. And tomatillo salad. What is uh, it? Which, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt. Just a question. What the fuck is a tomatillo? I don't it's know. Green tomato from Mexico. There we go. Wow. That uh, is so it, uh, it has arugula, goat's cheese, mint, and blood orange dressing. Okay. Sorry to interrupt again. What is arugula? Arugula is. Sorry, don't carry on. No, it's one of those stupid. It's it's like cilantro. It's sorry. It, it you know it. It's an American word for something else that actually exists. And oh, so it. it's like its brand name. Like cilantro yeah. is the American brand name. Like Celexa is the brand name for citalopram, and like yeah. Zoloft is sertraline. So you yes. have the, the actual generic. The generic drug name is um, is coriander, but in the trademark name is cilantro. That's how I yeah. understand it works. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I can't remember what it's the trademark for. But it, it's it's a random vegetable, like they don't. Okay, so I mean, oh yeah, like you have the zucchini is my favorite one of those. I mean, egg, eggplant yeah. is just silly, isn't it? That that's like a weird yeah. 
sponsorship with Big Egg. But um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, so how much right. this uh, watermelon and tomatillo salad yeah. uh, with arugula, goat's cheese, mint and blood orange dressing serves four people. Four how people. many uh, of your American dollars do you think that would set you back at the Miami Grand Prix hospitality? 99. $99. Um, I'm going to say $80. Okay, Dan, you are the closest, but that's not saying much. Uh, it's $250. Okay, right. I've now, right, I've calibrated <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I didn't realize how, quite how insane that we were getting here, but yeah, I, I should have guessed. Shame on me. Uh, I'm happy to concede that point. Okay, so uh, item two on the menu is main lobster rolls okay. uh, with lemon alioli, perigord truffle, brioche, and frizzled potatoes. Lemon areola. Mm-hmm. Perigord uh, truffle, it, brioche, and frizzled potatoes. Um, I am going to say $760. Oh, I'm, I'm more, I, I had 699 in my in my head. I no, I'm going to stick with 699. I feel that's that's the the way. Okay, the cost of the main lobster rolls is $450. So, okay. Dan, you're correct. You, when you compare that to the starter, I mean, yeah. obviously, in that very narrow well, set yeah, of so parameters, bear in mind, these are these are all classified simply as the chilled selection. The chilled selection, yeah. I think you know, in within that limited domain of compared to the starter, that's not bad value. Yeah. Yes, it's less. It's less bad than the starter. The starter. Yes. So we'll we'll um we'll 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 do one of the warmed, not hot, just warmed. Well, hang on. Is this the last one? Because there's nothing. I, I suppose I'm playing for pride, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a there's a bonus dessert round anyway. Um, Can I have a thousand points if I get it bang on. Well, why not? This format. Nice. Uh, anyway, so uh, this is the uh, the F1 platter. Lovely. Um, which consists of. A1A sliders, secret sauce, ribeye quesadilla, chipotle sauce, crispy chicken tenders, honey mustard. Okay. Unclear if they're like paired or just all on the plate. I think it's Fair play, that sounds like a pretty good meal. I, I would enjoy that, I think. The problem is that sliders are inherently small. Yeah, but then there's all the other shit as well. Like a, a ribeye quesadilla is insane. That does sound. Yeah, but it's not going to be like an, it's case, going to be right. like tiny pieces of ribeye in a quesadilla. It's not going to be. Well, I just. Higher. I mean, more to the point, it's insane that you'd put ribeye in in anything and yes. not just have it on its own. But yes. Okay, so come on, Dan. What's your what's your estimate for this? Remember, it's warmed. Nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Okay. Okay, uh, I'm going to say. Uh, what was the second price? That was $450. Uh, $450 for the main lobster rolls. Okay. I'm going to say uh, 580 Okay, the actual price is $500. Damn, way out. So, Dan, you're way out. You obviously think that the uh, secret sauce is worth a lot more than it actually is. Mm. I think we need to do another two rounds because I've got my eye in now. Okay, okay, we'll we'll do another two rounds. The last one will be uh, a bit of a wild card. So That's kind of um, Manchester United um, extra time. Yeah. So uh, we'll go with the dessert. Um. So that'd be key lime pie. No. 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 Uh, so um, guava and dolce de leche bund cakes by Moe's Bund Cakes. Uh, this does not say how many it serves. I'm assuming it continues to serve four. It would be weird if all of the other things serve four and not the desserts, but it's yeah. unspecified. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Graham, you're up first. Uh, I'm going to say 340. Okay, I'm going to drop back down to 250. I've been going too high. You have indeed been going too high, and you're much uh, closer this time. It is $200. Ooh, that uh, must be one person. For the bund cakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will just give you the, uh, the one final, um, so, uh, the final option, uh, which you can add to any item on the menu is caviar. A side. Ca- oh, a lovely side of caviar. Uh, so, uh, I would like to know the price per ounce for mm-hmm. the caviar side. Uh, 
a grand. I mean, who cares? I've lost. Gonna go for ninety nine dollars. The fairly wide range. I assume it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Yes, the correct answer is four hundred dollars per ounce okay. for the caviar sides. Do you reckon you're having to pay extra for the little bit of toast as well? I bet you are. Uh, it's not even specified if there is any. I think they just like dumped on the side of the plate with whatever else you've ordered. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, so, I guess they, you know, that the average Floridian is uh, going to be all over that. Fair play. To I you. mean, like you said, quite a lot of the things on that menu sound quite nice, mm, but yeah. none of them sound nice enough that you would pay that kind of money for them. Well, no, but it's the sort of thing that you know. They get to that point, they could charge three grand. It doesn't matter. People still pay it. It's not. Yeah, you're right. It's the kind of people who are buying that sort of shit. It doesn't matter to them. It's you know, right. Bezos and Musk territory, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Who were both sadly there. Did you uh, hear what Elon Musk suggested when he was talking to the Red Bull team? Oh, I, came if up they with... waste on Mars, they'd be able to go a lot faster. You could get them there actually... really cheap. Only marginally more batshit. Um, he they obviously talked about battery technology because he is an expert on battery technology. Um, and he proposed batteries them, in his time. Yeah, um, he proposed that they should do a race that was fully electric one day instead of uh, you know hybrid wow, that, or, or gas. I mean that is. Like, I mean you know he gets a lot of stick, but that is truly visionary. Yeah, it is astonishing that nobody thought of that. Yeah, and I guess probably. The logical conclusion is he would say, and rather than it being you know open wheel, um, open cockpit, you have it enclosed, um, four seats, uh, yeah, maybe sort of three or four different models, um, you know, put them in a tunnel, uh, going between Las Vegas and a little bit outside Las Vegas, uh, and you know, call it something fantastic. Mm. But yeah, that that was his contribution to uh, to to the discourse, which I thought was you know. Pretty good. Well, well, I'm glad they invited him now. It's yeah, it's worth, worth doing. I imagine all of the engineers uh, just looked at him and said, "Yes, yes, yes, good, good idea. Well done, Mister Musk." Zero, Elon. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Great, great. Yep. I am in favour of this only because it meant that for a few blessed hours he wasn't shitting up Twitter. Well, oh, I suppose well, he probably had his phone with him, didn't he? Mm. But I guess yeah. The problem is nobody ever says nobody ever looks the man in the eye and says, says "What the fuck, fuck are you talking? Fuck about? is wrong with you, you dickhead?" That's the, and that's the problem with all of these people, isn't it? Yeah. Or you know, probably somebody did once and then they he had him killed. Well, they probably didn't even have him killed. He just sacked him. It's not mm. even interesting enough to have somebody killed, is it? Well, no, he just had to sack them. It would have been early just, enough in his his yeah. career that you know just, just went on Twitter and called him a pedo. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, that's that is the problem. Nobody, yeah. uh, nobody, nobody tells them that. Not, not even that nobody tells them no. It's just nobody tells them that what they've just said is utterly insane. Um, yeah, I think and they need to have a, a good time look at themselves. That's the difference between them and us, though, isn't it? If I was in, if in that position, I would hire somebody specifically to tell me that my idea was stupid and I was a fucking idiot just to keep mm. me grounded. But they specifically don't want that, so. Keep somebody there to keep them grounded. Um, it, it just you know, just doesn't make any sense, does it? There's a, a really good video, which I think it predates TikTok. I think it's probably a YouTube thing of um, Daniel Radcliffe. Predating TikTok, crikey! I didn't even know they had video in those days. Oh, yeah, no, it was um, it was you know sh- quite shaky you know, VHS. Um, but there's there's uh, Daniel Radcliffe says. I employ this guy and he's got this guy next to him who I think he, he's like juggling or something like that. And he says, yeah, just, just have this guy here. Um, just you know, keep me grounded really. Um, and make sure none of this fame goes to my head. And, uh, because you know, I'm in all these films, got all this money. I can't do that. And, uh, the guy goes, Oh, it's pretty easy. He's like, yeah, it's pretty easy. I can't do it though. It's a good, good film. I, I think Danny Radcliffe is a good egg. Mm. Yes. Have you seen the Weird Al Yankovic film with him in? No. no. Is it fantastic? It is very good. It is not as good as I had in my head from seeing the trailers, uh, but it was very good. So I, that's my worry is I haven't even seen trailers. I just know who's in it and what the concept is. And I think, well, that's going to be the best film I've ever seen. And I think I probably need to have those expectations dropped significantly before yeah. I see it. Well, I wouldn't say significantly, but like, okay. it's like anything, right? The, like the concept and the trailer 
um, kind of feel like maybe sort of 20 minutes of like nonstop gags and mm. like you still have to have like another like hour and 20 minutes of film on top of that. So there's obviously stuff in between that isn't just like constantly landing in the same way that you would expect it to, but like, yeah. it's very good. Like I really enjoyed it. It's just, yeah, you have to, you have to go into it with slightly reasonable expectations. Now my assumption is that it's probably at best semi-autobiographical and isn't an actual reflection of anything that's happened at any point in that man's life. So yeah, uh, I mean, it, it definitely like it's it's got weird out in it. Yeah. So, I mean, so does it follow the canon of um, he lived in the sewers with his hamster pal? but the sanitation workers didn't really approve, so he packed up accordingly and had to move to a city on Ohio where he lived in a tree, and he worked in a taste top factory. No. So, I mean, that's we know that's how he got his Weird Al TV show that's yeah. established. We know this. Um, so I was hoping that was sort of going to stretch that story out to two hours and No, minutes. no, it's definitely a, a different take on his, his backstory. Um yeah. But you know, there's always some some level of ambiguity with these things as to like what what the the, the real details of of what yeah. happened were. So yeah, it's um, it, it diverges quite a bit in places, but I still yeah. very much enjoyed it. Okay, I don't think it's available on any sort of actual streaming service that anybody. Uh, you have it was yeah, it was done by Roku. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's um, actually. I was going to check is should tell me if it's available on other platforms that I can stream it on. But I think last time I looked in the UK, it wasn't available anywhere. No, um, I used to have a Now TV box, which I think did actually have the Roku channel, but I put it in the bin because I, there was no possibility of me ever using it again, which is annoying. That is, yeah, very much the problem. Um because uh, I could download it as a torrent or something. I just can't be asked. Yeah, so no, I, it's not showing as available anywhere else uh, other than the version that I have acquired legally. Now, I understand that there's uh, you have some kind of sharing arrangement with your Plex server, um, and this is a service that Chris receives. Is this oh, yeah, a service that could I, be extended uh, to others? I got him the whatever it was, the Australian or New Zealand Taskmaster New Zealand, I think it was, he yeah. wanted to, to watch. So. Yes. Yes, it's Chris. I know, but like Why why is there so much surprise in your voice when you say that? I don't know. I see um, the ridiculous hipster of the group, I think, is the issue. Hmm. I'm clearly not. Well, he's coming for you. Yeah. But, so um, can I watch Plex? Story is not available for streaming in the UK. Okay. Can I watch Plex from my television without having to have a thing plugged into it? That's the problem. Uh, if your TV is smart and has the Plex app. Is, it, is there a WebOS app for it? For uh, yeah, yeah, there is. Pretty sure. As long I mean, as the TV's probably, too I old. Probably, I can probably manage that then. We'll take it offline anyway. Yeah. I'll sort it out for you if you, if I can. Okay. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's very good. Marvelous. I mean, that, yeah, that broadly sort of felt like an uh, an actual episode. Unlike yeah, we, last week, where I just sort of yeah. told a harrowing uh, story about not taking drugs. <laughs> so, the problem know. is, they start having done actual episodes means we have to do actual editing, which I am. Yeah, well, I I sort of had a good run because um, I was mentally checked out from yeah. my job. Uh, You're so starting a new one on during working tomorrow. hours. I, yeah, so my new one starts tomorrow, and I have to go to Manchester. Um, but from then on, I'm at home. But it's probably not you know cricket to yeah. be editing podcasts during my working hours, at least for the first couple of weeks. Let yeah, me get through I, my pro- probation period, and then I'll uh, then I'll. So I'm I'm in London on Thursday because I have to go in and see everybody in the office and say hello, um, which is somehow costing me 120 pounds in train fare. Um, you have to pay for the train. Well, I, I'm expensing it, but oh, fine. Yeah. Just jump the barriers, isn't it? 
that too. Um, but otherwise, uh, mostly free. I'll have to see if I can fit it in somewhere. Um, I actually have a free weekend coming up, so um, I might have some time. Okay. Slam dunk really soon, like three weeks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. end of the month. Um, yeah. So any sort of logistics for that. Um, but yeah, I, I just... It's such a pain in the ass. I was looking at the, the train stuff, and it's like, I've got to get up, I've got to get to New Street for like six to get into London to get to the office and then I've got to leave at like six to get back here at a reasonable time and it's just so there's a strike and you couldn't make it unfortunately the strike's on Friday well you, yeah but what if you got stranded in London then you wouldn't be able to get home on Friday either that's true um, but it is only the one the one day thankfully look I'm still I'm officially fully remote but they wanted me to go in and say hello um so I could really refuse that. It mm. seemed like a, a fairly, it seemed like a, a reasonable request to, um, to go in for one day and say hello to people. Mm. Um, well, apparently they no longer sure have um, Make sure you steal some stationery and uh, stuff like that while you're there. Make, make the most out of it. Yeah, well, apparently they no longer have a ridiculous dress code because they like like all banks they used to have a, an utterly ridiculous dress code, um, but they mm. they massively relaxed it since COVID. Um, so I'm not going to go in in like a suit at least. Just going in shorts and t shirt. Well, I did suggest that apparently no, and I can wear jeans but not funky jeans. What about ripped jeans? Too funky. I think they would. I think they would be considered too funky. Too funky, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which also means I can't wear the jeans uh, that have a hole in the crotch. I feel like that's yeah. just a good rule in general. Well, yeah, I think probably the fact that you'd be out in public would be the deciding factor. Oh, that wouldn't that. stop me. It's... No, fair enough. Yeah, it's not going to affect more my employment. My, I think we're we're going to head into more content if we're not careful. But lots and lots of my jeans are going through at the penis now, which never used to be a thing. I mean, mine aren't specifically the penis because there's a zip that tends to be like along that sort of region. Yeah, but it, you know, it stretches down but, the legs somewhat as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they tend it does tend to be does tend to be that seam. You tell me then. Yeah. No, it does tend right. to be that seam that's uh, struggling. Mm, fair enough. Well, anyway, if you've liked this, then um, yeah, good for you. Whatever. Bye. <laughs>